Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we will be discussing the topic of being a preferred employer. This is the first of a series of three podcasts that will discuss what owners and managers of ag operations can do to encourage successful employee and family business working relationships. To discuss these topics, I'm joined today by Dr. Bob Milligan, who's a professor emeritus from Cornell University and has a long history of helping farm and ranch businesses develop skills to enhance employee working relationships. Thanks for joining me today, Dr. Milligan. Well, thank you, Aaron. It's a pleasure to be here. Dr. Milligan, as I work with ag employers, the tightness of today's labor market and finding and retaining good employees is frequently cited as one of their greatest challenges. Share with us what ag operations can do today to be a preferred employer in their community. Okay, let, let, let me start uh, with, with a couple of questions or a couple of situations that I want those of you that are, are listening to think about. And, and here's the first one. Uh, one of your employees comes to you and says, actually a new employee who's moved to the area, and they ask you, they say, one of my family members could be a, a son or daughter or even a spouse wants to uh, find a job in a restaurant. They're, they could be a chef or they might be looking for a, a job as a cook or a waiter or a waitress. And the question they ask you is, where would be a really good place to work? And so I want you to think about that in, in your hometown. How would you answer that? They, they aren't asking you, where's their job opening? They're saying, where would be a really good place to work? Now, you you probably come up with uh, one or two ideas for the answer to that question. And what I would say is that in terms of restaurants, those would be the preferred employers in your area. Okay, they're the places where it's a really good place to work. Now, let, let me give you uh, another example, and that is you're, you're at a football game or you're somewhere else and, and one of your friends come up to you, and this is a family that doesn't have an ag background or certainly not a big ag background and and they say to you I have a son or a daughter who's just looking for their first part-time job after school or even a a work to school opportunity and they think they want to get an agriculture and so I, I know you know all the agribusinesses the vets the machinery dealers the and so forth in town. And again, they ask you that same question. Where where would be a good place to work where my son or daughter would have a wonderful experience in their first job? And so again, you're probably coming up with one or two ideas. Okay. And so now again, in terms of agribusinesses, those are probably what we would refer to as preferred employers. Now the question becomes, and we turn it to you, okay, how do I, how does a farm become a preferred employer? And, and maybe we need to talk a little more about what a preferred employer is. We pretty much uh, illustrated that, I think. But a, a description of it could be a business, could be a farm, that has a positive reputation in the community such that lo- those looking for a job have a positive attitude toward that business. Just as with uh, the restaurant and the agribusiness, it's where they would first look to see if there was an opening or maybe even go in and ask if they would, would create an opening. Now, one of the things that's really important 
is that to be a preferred employer starts with being a good place to work. Because actually the people who are going to communicate to the community that you are a preferred employer, a great place to work, are primarily going to be your employees. They're the ones that are going to talk about how great a place your farm is to work when they're at the football game or the or the, the social event or at the pizza parlor or just having family dinner, whatever the case may be. So that's the first thing. The second thing, though, is you actually do need to do a little marketing. Okay, let people know you're a preferred employee. It's really about being a great employer, but it's also about being present in community events. Okay, you want your name out there so people have, you have some, some name recognition. So I think a, being a preferred employer is really very difficult. Okay, I, I think it's harder to be a preferred employer than it is to, to have the highest uh, selling beef cattle or the highest uh, yield of corn or whatever the case may be. So, Dr. Milligan, what are some things that people can do to create that culture, to create that environment that makes it a preferred place to work, that people who work there like working there, want to be part of that, and and tell others that they enjoy where they're working? I think being a, a great place to work has, has two components. Okay, the, the first component is you need to be a winner. Let's use a, a football example since it's the fall. It's a lot easier to support a winner. It's a lot more exciting to be a player or a fan for a winner. Well, similarly, it's a lot easier for employees to be excited and, and communicate that and people that, that come to visit or look, apply for a job if you're a winner. And a winner, of course, means you're, you're successful, you're, you're, you're profitable, you're growing, and, and so forth. And then the second piece, of course, of being a winner, okay, is that you are a, a great place to work, okay? And, and that really has to do with having employees or what you're trying to accomplish is to have employees who are engaged. They are engaged in the success of the business. They are productive, okay, because we all feel better when we're productive. We all are more motivated. And there are opportunities to, to, to grow and advance at that business. And I think this is an area probably that we've come up a little bit short in, in agriculture. We've tended to, to hire people, and when they leave, we hire somebody else. And so I think we have to think more and more, and I've been working with many of my clients in this area. We, we have to think more and more about hiring people and hiring them in positions that that may or may not be in the end, but that at least can be a career, okay, that there's an, an area to progress to get more responsibility, potentially to have a, to move into supervision, whatever the case may be, because a part of, of who we are as human beings is that we want to grow and develop. That, that's just part of our instinctive nature. Now, some people don't show that very much because they've, they've kind of had it beaten out of them. But you want to hire people and that will be more career-oriented. It's, it's really interesting with some of my clients, okay, when, when they've really thought about what kind of a position, what kind of advertising can we do for a position that would be career-oriented. Sometimes they've actually had people that they know apply that they didn't think would, 
but they're really qualified, but they didn't really think of them as potential farm employees or ranch employees. I think we have too narrow a view in, in our thinking about what a farm or a ranch employee is. And they've been amazed at some of the people. Actually, they've hired some of them. It's turned out very well. So as we think about farms and ranches, these are often family operations. And I, I can think about some folks who are listening to, to this saying, you know, that sounds good, Dr. Milligan, but we're a family operation. We've got, you know, maybe we just have family who are working here. How do these principles apply to us or do they? They, they do, Aaron. And, that, and that's a really good question. And, and it's one that probably sometimes I uh, don't cover enough. What, what we're really talking about, okay, when we're talking about doing a great place to work, is we're talking about business culture. Now, a business culture is something that if you go into the corporate world or, or probably even if you go into the world of your John Deere and Case IH and, and companies that you do business with every day, they think a lot about business culture. They, they, they talk about it when they have company meetings. We, we haven't talked about it so much in agriculture. And part of that is because it's, it's probably the most difficult thing to create, much more difficult, again, than high productivity. But it's also the thing that's most sustainable. It's a thing that really you can distinguish yourself from someone else, everyone else. And, and I want to talk just for a second about what kind of the basis of business culture and, and I think what it is, is the basis of business culture is a business where people are really motivated. Now, this word called motivation is one that's really challenging. Uh, probably the question that I've been asked more than any other in my career is how can I motivate Joe or Jack or Jill or whoever it is? How can I motivate one of my employees? Well, it, it's really interesting. The answer is you can't. Now, that sounds kind of stark, but the reality is that only Joe can only mo can motivate Joe. Only Bob Milligan, your speaker here, can motivate Bob Milligan. Only Aaron can motivate Aaron. Now, does that make us helpless? Absolutely not, because our job as managers is to create a culture where people will be motivated. And certainly we could talk about motivation all day, but I think that's the most important thing is you need to look for ways that, that your employees, your family members, yourself for that matter, will be more motivated. Oh, I appreciate that perspective. I think sometimes family operations can say, well, we're family. We don't need to apply some of these principles or we maybe we can't really apply some of these principles that a larger operation can that has non-family member employees. But but I would make the argument, and like your feedback on this, I think it's as important or more important to have clear job descriptions, clear expectations, clear paths of advancement and uh, the opportunity to develop some autonomy and some ownership of, of skills and, and maybe a piece of the operation to really have those family working relationships be successful. Absolutely, because employee-supervisor relationships – are in fact an interpersonal relationship. I don't think we always think about that, okay? They are an interpersonal relationship, just as your relationship with your spouse, your relationship with your children, your relationship with business partners. And so that the same kinds of skills and thought processes 
and ideas that work with employees are just as important. And, and I think, as Aaron pointed out, in, in some ways more important when you're working in a family business. Because think about this question. Would it be more difficult for you to fire your son or daughter or to fire an employee? Now, we don't like to do either, but I'm almost certain that the, the answer to the question is it would be easier for you to fire an employee. And so in reality, we don't have that option to fire, fire family members. So we've got to make sure they do develop and succeed. Dr. Milligan, as we think about wrapping this conversation up, anything else you'd like to highlight around this topic of being a preferred employer? I guess I'd just add one more thing to, um, uh, or two more things, actually, to what I said. One is some of the skills that are important here, okay, and these are skills that you can learn are better listening, providing feedback. Ken Blanchard is a well-known management educator and written books that you may have heard about, like The One Minute Manager, talks about feedback being the breakfast of champions. Clarity is a key thing. And the whole idea of collaboration, whether it's within the family or whether it's with employees. The, the second final thing I would comment on is that, that I do write a free monthly publication where I talk about these things called Learning Edge Monthly. I, I'm sure if wanted it and told Aaron, he'd be happy to communicate an email so I could send it to you. Well, I really appreciate you joining me today, Dr. Milligan. And I also want to highlight that coming up in December, we're going to be having three workshops held across the state. These will be in O'Neill, Valentine, and North Platte. This will start on December 17th in O'Neill, December 18th in Valentine, and December 19th in North Platte, where Dr. Milligan will be discussing some of the topics we talked about today and also in future podcasts. If that's of interest to you or would benefit your business, would encourage you to shoot me an email or contact me by phone. My email is aberger2 at unl.edu, or you can reach me by phone at 308-235-3122. Also, we'll have information at the beef.unl.edu website on these upcoming workshops as well.